This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Moving on, as the kids like to say. In our next segment here, uh, gentlemen, I would like to ask you if you believe the New England Patriots, traditionally uh, more of a, how would you phrase it, Andrew, a between-the-tackles style uh, gap power running team? How, how would uh, how would? I, how, Give me the hard-o phrasing for that. Well, I, I think they've done both over the years. I think they've all, much like everything else they do, they desire to be multiple. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I do think they're more of a power gap-based team okay. than a get-out-on-the-move the zone-based type team. But they have done that. Like they have, They've, they've think- used it at times. They've they've gone to the stretch, Not maybe not as yep. much as uh, – you know, your Denver's, your Indies, and the other Colts. teams. Remember the old Colt with the Peyton Manning? Oh, Edger and like James. He's, barely, he's barely gonna get there. He's like, Oh my god, I gotta get the ball out there, and he's gonna fall down on his face before he gets we're, there. Oh, we're we had some protection problems out there today. So uh there's been a little uh, I I I don't know if you really call it like maybe buzz. I'm not sure if it's a I would hardly say it's a dull roar. There's been some din, a little chatter that maybe the New England Patriots could be switching to a bit more of uh, a zone run game, which would be interesting because obviously that suits, as many have said, the talents of Cole Strange, uh, big, fast, young guards. Maybe this could be as to why they moved on from Shaq Mason, flipping Trent Brown over the left side, seemingly happy with Justin Huron. I know our pal Evan Lazar over at CLNS, uh, who does a great job, has intimated as much as well. Shime, this is right in your wheelhouse. I feel like I need things like this getting Mac Jones, getting the run game out in space, changing things up a bit. I'm going to need this. I'm going to have to chum the water with the Pats going to a different style, a Shanahan-adjacent run game to get you to buy in on the idea that they might be more watchable, a little more dangerous and difficult to defend the season. So group think, do we think the Patriots may be changing their scheme and philosophy in the run game this season? Uh, I'm going to say I don't think they are, but I hope they do. Uh, I, because I, I think it would be a welcome change. I, I think I think that style of run is clearly uh, the in right now. Like mm-hmm. right, it's it's the fad of the times when it comes to running the football. Because uh, outside of Derrick Henry, there isn't a lot of great just downhill runners. I think a lot of it is that outside zone. You've seen it evolve so much now from uh, you know the Gary Kubiak days to now you have in the Mike Shanahan days even before that to uh, now o- it's Olandis Gary is smiling somewhere, Shime. 
I mean, because and now it's Kyle Shanahan. Even McVay does it a lot. The Lafleur offense. Uh, they're trying to do it in New York. Like it's it's a bunch. It's in a it's in so many different places now, and it's evolved in so many different ways. Uh, I think what the Patriots hopefully can kind of go for is a Cincinnati Bengals style run game. Okay, it's the Zach Taylor adopted. Sean McVay zone run, but not really a zone run because Joe Mixon isn't necessarily a zone runner. Um, I I just don't know how Damian and Ramondre would necessarily fit in a zone run, which is why I think it would look more like the Cincinnati run game than, say, a Kyle Shanahan or Gary Kubiak-style run game. Um, but I, I think it could be a welcome change, right? It's something new, it's different, um, and it's something other teams won't have seen basically at all out of Bill Belichick. And I think that could very much be to their advantage having a two-headed monster running back like they do. And with Bill Belichick potentially being more heavily involved in the offensive scheme, the play calling, et cetera, this year, that could make sense. Andy, um, let's play a little game here. Hi, I am a football fan, Mm. but I don't know very much about the terminology of power gap running team versus outside zone run team, et cetera. But I know I like the fact that the Patriots uh, have a good running game and I like when Damian Harris takes the ball and goes up the middle and gets 64 yards against Buffalo for a touchdown. Uh, could you explain to me, the random football fan or the listener to the Six Rings pod, sort of what the subtle differences are between the schemes? Well, essentially, in a gap-based power running scheme, you you have a landmark, you have a hole. You know, old school, you run a high school, they tell you a hole number, you hit the damn hole, go where you're supposed to, use the old spacer, there's a landmark, all of that. And the linemen are creating that hole, however they block it. You know, guys blocking down, guy pulling this and that. That's kind of the basis of that run game. Whereas zone is more, I have athletic linemen. I have athletic backs with really good vision. We are going to all just basically step in the same direction, run in the same direction. We're all going to block whoever crosses our face. And I'm going to trust my running back to pick a hole, even cut it backside if he wants. I know a lot of the old Denver runs, you'd cut the backside lineman, the, like yep. the step guard, the tackle. Are You're running so far to, away from him that it doesn't right. matter. You're chopping down the backside lineman. So it, it kind of takes more athletic linemen. It kind of takes more athletic running back, or at least with better vision and confidence, one cut kind of running backs. Um, so those would be the general differences. Now it's morphed over the years. There's very much so sort of like hybrid blend. I did want to say, first of all, we've heard all the coaches, not just offense, Belichick, Robert Kraft even said like they are looking into things this off season. You know, I think Steve Belichick said, we'll try some things. If they look like they're going to work, we'll try them some more. If they look like they're not going to work well, we'll take that club out of the bag and we'll put a different club in that spot. And I would also, I've learned over the years that you watch something even in mini camp, maybe even early in training camp, and you see it on like three days in a row. And you're like, oh, wow, they're doing this. They're going to this. And then you never see it once the regular season starts. Like sometimes they, I can remember one year, Ninkovich, they put him at basically inside linebacker. It was like, oh, he's Vrabel. They're moving him from the outside to the inside. He's going to be the off the ball inside linebacker. And then he never really did it a whole hell of a lot during the year. And I think sometimes they just lay the foundation in case they need to or test things out and then realize, nope, it doesn't really look all that good. It doesn't suit our talents or whatever. So with this, I know there were a lot of people saying, ooh, they're going to more of a play action game. Our buddy Brian Barrett was all excited. They're going to increase their play action reps. 
More okay. RPO. More, that's a very sexy thing to say. More RPO. Mac runs the RPO right. guy. Or maybe they just, you know, we're going to work on that in the first day of practice because we're not going to pound the ball because we have no pads on. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pretend we're running the ball to get our linemen a look, and then we're going to pull it out and throw it to make sure our everybody's involved kind of thing. So I wouldn't read too much into early OTA reps, reports, schemes, things that they're doing. And, and I think that's kind of why I said I hope they do it, but I'm not necessarily convinced they're going to. Yeah, yeah to it, me, it's more of a let's see if we can sharpen that arrow enough and put it in the quiver, if you will. Like, hey, is this going to be something we can add to the arsenal? Not a giant or a uh, a planetary phase shift, if you will, or revolution as far as the offense. But I also want to emphasize, too, I think people are like, oh, McDaniels is gone. McDaniels led the offense forever. Now it's the chance to change it. No, no. Belichick led the offense forever. Belichick was the architect of this version of the offense with Charlie Weiss and then the mm-hmm. evolution over the years. So it's not like they're free to change it because Josh is gone. No, no. Whatever Josh was doing was at the direction or at least with the stamp of approval from Bill Belichick. So I don't, I don't see this dramatic shift coming. But Bill has shifted defensively. Like they still do a lot of two-gapping, but the two-gapping they do now does not look like 2002 two gapping 2003 two gapping where it was an old school mfing three four we got a big ass nose tackle we got some big ass richard seymour likes defensive tackles and then four line like they've clearly evolved defensively but some of the principles are the same and i think offensively they're probably in a similar transition okay so if bill belichick is willing to transition if bill belichick is willing Whoa. to evolve if to bill what? belichick is willing to make changes to his defensive scheme his defensive philosophies obviously the offensive playbook which now at this point is kind of uh, an old hand-me-down recipe that has been cooked by uh various mothers grandmothers sisters and brothers and like the recipe is kind of still the same but people have made tweaks according to their tastes and palates along the way if belichick is much more about being willing to change and do, quote, what's in the best interest of the football team, then let me ask you, why the sudden, I think it's more than just like, what are you doing over there with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and the non-traditional play-calling titles? Why is everyone nationally piling on him? Because this week we had a report, we had a theory floated from Mike Florio about, um, I guess you could say, Andy, uh, needing to move on from people but not doing it. Therefore, no one's going to get fired because he's protecting assets and people organizationally. And then you had Colin Cowherd uh, saying on his radio program with his giant desk, his giant paycheck, and his giant microphone, um, quote, the Patriots are somewhere in the middle. I don't get it, but I kind of do, and I don't want any part of it. You become a 1979 NFL team. Basically going on to say the Patriots don't have – a good wide receiver room. All they can do is score on long drives. They can score one way. They're not going to win shootouts, and they already can't get Josh Allen off the field. Um, I don't get it. Basically, that was the gist of what he said: is he doesn't understand what the Patriots are doing. So, is this just easy? Is it easy to pile on Belichick season right now, or are these valid criticisms? Well, I think it's easy to pile on Belichick because the Patriots, at best, are a middle of the road team. They barely made the playoffs and then got proven. Nothing like contenders, right? Kicked in the cojones and sent packing uh, like some of the others, like the Steelers and like there were other teams. It's okay. It wasn't just them, but there was a clear delineation. Talk about categories. There were blue chip AFC teams and then there were playoff teams that were not near the blue chip. So I think that's one part of it. And then the other is just simple to me. Any NFL team, any NFL team 
that decides to make its former defensive coordinator its O-line coach and its former special teams coach its quarterback's coach would be in the crosshairs of everybody, more so than Belichick. So it is not – I don't think it's piling on Belichick. I actually think he gets the benefit of the doubt that 31 other teams would not get because he's Bill Belichick, because the dynasty, because the rings, the goat, the cachet. So just the simple factors, just the simple facts of the case, Your Honor, are worthy of mocking, I think. Yeah, part of what Kaepernick said – or not Kaepernick, Cowherd said is right. <laughs> it's – I don't understand what's going on. And I think that is – that confusion, that non inability to understand what the hell Belichick is thinking or planning is also part of what has drawn the ire of people like me, to be to be completely on blunt. It's just like I don't – I don't get it, and it makes no sense. Therefore, to me, it, it doesn't – look smart and so and I there's a good chance that I'm very wrong and there's a small chance that I'm right but like at the same time the inability to understand what the hell is going on in the decision making is creating a lot of chaos okay so uh obviously Belichick is the human if not at least gridiron definition of he wants all that smoke because he absolutely brings it on himself by being, as his son has said, as everyone has said, like, Bill makes all the decisions. Bill runs the show. Everything runs through Bill. So being, like, kind of a football oligarch or, like, the emperor, if you will, in Foxborough means that, you know, all the praise goes to Belichick, but all the ridicule or all the questioning and doubt at times, even for someone of his accomplishment, is going to come his way. Andy, can you remember any other times from Belichick taking over as HC of the NEP to date where we have doubted him or wondered what the hell he's doing, like people are now. Um, I mean, there's been the the smaller scale personnel decisions, who he's letting go, who he's keeping, you know, trading this guy, those types of decisions. I mean, for example, the Jamie Collins trade. Players internally were questioning it. Basically, I can remember McCordy, it was something to the effect of, I don't know how you get better by trading your best all-around defensive player. I think was the phrase like, so even guys of that stature, decade long leaders question him. Robert Kraft talks about it. You know, sometimes in the spring, whatever the plan is, coaching changes, player changes, you question him. And then by December, you really kind of stop questioning him because you've either it makes obvious sense or he fixed it and adjusted on the fly. Whatever it is, he figures it out, you know, fourth and two. I don't know. There was a Super Bowl where I feel like he didn't play somebody who some people thought he should have played and maybe it would have changed the outcome. But in the in the bigger picture, I do think the post Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, it, it's a different uh, feel to the criticism. I think it's emboldened by those that believe you're now being proven Brady was the reason. Brady was the success. A patriot way, yep, exactly. So that's kind of, I think, altered the critical dynamic when it comes to Bill Belichick. He took a step forward last year from the draft straight through making the playoffs. He took a step forward, but now I think people are wondering, is he still moving forward or is he spinning his wheels after last year? And, and that's why, Shime, uh, real quick, I just want to say, yeah. like, I, I want to reiterate again, like, I know that operative phrase I use from draft to date uh, with everything Belichick's done this offseason has been obtusely Belichickian. And I'm going to pivot more now towards this is a, I think I can sort of say it this way, this is a nuts-on-the-table season for Belichick. Yeah, like, so like, I don't think it's quite. I, I really do. Yet. I really do. Like, I mean, he is doing everything. Like, this is a 
we're doing it my way type of season. And for whatever reason, financial constraints, unavailability of other coaches and coordinators, uh, the nepotism that, you know, belies, if you will, a lot of the coaching, like his choices, his guys. This is a nuts on the table season for Belichick in so many ways. Like if they if they go shine, if they go five and twelve. Robert Kraft isn't going to just say like, oh, it's all part of the process. Like See, he's going to be, I disagree. I don't think this year is the nuts on the table year. Andy and I have said this, I think a few times is I think it's 2023. It, I think but that's when they're going to be better. That's when no, they should see, be better. So this, I think everything is ramping up to 2023. I think that if you have a bad year this year, it's going to amplify that media chaos next off season a little bit more, but 2023 is the ultimate decider year. If you are not a legitimate contender in 2023, Belichick might as well just hang him up. Like it, it's it's about time to move on at that point because that's that'll be the nut cutting year. You're in the at that point third year of Mac Jones. If you cannot maximize Mac Jones in his third year on a rookie contract, then there's kind of just you're kind of done. It, it kind of the book has been written and it is what it is. And I think another reason that. This year, the ire towards Belichick and the decision-making is amplified a little bit is because you haven't won a playoff game in, what, four years? And to that effect, last year, yeah, you made the playoffs. That's nice, but you got freaking throttled in that game. Well, you're being kind. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that, especially for someone like myself, that has kind of amplified that negativity and negative energy towards Belichick. Last question, Andy, before we wrap this segment, if there is a massive regression team-wide, organization-wide in 2022, you think Robert Kraft and company uh, are fine with it because 2023 is the nut-cutting season? No. I don't think they'll ever be fine with struggles, with empty seats, with booze, with – and we've talked about this – you know, in various forms of this podcast and other shows, they were fortunate that the Cam Newton season was a pandemic. They did not have to visually see or hear fans at Gillette Stadium letting them know their team sucked and and how they felt about what was going on with Cam Newton and company. Last year, new quarterback, young quarterback, feel-good season, spent some money. Ooh, we made the playoffs. But if there is a step back... And assuming there's no, you know, 17th wave of COVID and we have full stadiums next year or in the middle, you know, if if they feel and see it, they'll feel it. And and Jonathan, we know, is an emotional uh, force in that organization. So, yeah, I'm not saying, by the way, I want to make sure like they're not firing Bill Belichick or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Fitzy, what's that face? I'm just like, I mean, four, four and four, if like God for God forbid. Five and twelve, four and thirteen, six and eleven. I don't know. I I could see heads rolling. I could see I could see some real huh. rattling, more than yeah. just saber yeah. rattling. I could see some more than just fist pounding. Let's let's put a pin in that and revisit okay. that in a future podcast. I let's put that on our to do list. Could okay. Belichick ever, in any form or fashion, be on the hot seat or be moved on from after this season? But I would say, short answer, no. So let's move on. Could Bill Belichick hear the last words uh, in RoboCop? True lies or of a former president. You're fired. You're fired. I don't think so. But at the same time, we shall see. We'll TBD that one for show. One thing for show we know we love is when you guys rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about the Six Rings Pod, of course, on the sweet tweet machine at Six Rings Pod. Of course, you can find us. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, WEEI.com, the Odyssey app, and more. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.